The journey we're taking is the journey within you. Everybody has their own story and their own journey to share. Every journey conceals another journey within its lines, the past not taken and the forgotten angle. The journey within you, where you will listen to stories from others sharing their triumphs and struggles that led them to where they are today. Welcome to The Journey Within You. Today, I have a special guest, April Tanner. And I think my first connection with that and her is Tanner. <laughs> that was my maiden name. And so we've got to find out if there any way possible that we might be related. Um, that came and I was just like, oh my gosh, I've got to get to know this person. And then when I moved to Rome, I started friending people because I'm not from the area and I wanted just to get to know people in my community. And I have truly enjoyed getting to know you and your family, April. And um, through this, I would love, you know, I've seen the journey that you've been on just recently. And so I thought this is something that we need to share with our community and we need to share with our listeners because right now in this moment, there's somebody probably just starting that journey. And so you can give insight, you can give some of the struggles, maybe some of the wins, because I know there's been some great wins coming your way on this, but just give a little glimpse into you and who you are, April, and then lead us to where this journey has brought you to today. Okay, well, I get we'll start. I know you said um, start with where I was born and everything. I am from here. I'm from Aragon, Georgia. I was born in Boyd County in 1978. Lived here my whole life. I actually lived right down the hill from my parents. When Jason and I were married, they gave us family land. Oh, how sweet. And so... We were able to build um, on their land, so mm -hmm. that's been a blessing, you know, just having them right up the hill from us, oh, you know, definitely. since the kids were born and all that. Mm -hmm. um, but I've lived in two houses my whole life. I started out on Taylorsville Road until my parents built the house there in it, or when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, I went to Midway and then Pepperell Middle and Pepperell High School. Oh. Um, played sports um my dad was always you know mine and my sister's biggest cheerleader coach uh, you know he was always right there with us coaching us and cheering us on I've always told people my daddy didn't raise no girls yeah um, yeah he, <laughs> he made, got you, he in, made, got you, you know, in sports sure we were tough and rough and competitive I tell people all the time it's like I don't do it unless I can win it oh, so, oh <laughs> he gave you that winning uh-huh I like yes, that yes so um but and he's still you know him and my mom both are you know biggest cheerleaders Aww. but um I met Jason I mean I was 16 when I met him um he's a huge Mustang fan and I've said my whole life or our whole marriage and since we met I've always said if I had not a Mustang had not been my first vehicle we probably would have never met oh um, <laughs> I love it that's fun. <laughs> well, that's what yeah he was out um uh, with a friend one night and saw me at a red light when um it was Kmart, Gold's Gym. Yeah. I was working at Gold's Gym. Yeah. I was at the red light right there. And he's, I say he said uh, he saw the car and wanted to, you know, was checking out the car. Mm -hmm. He says he saw the girl. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll, but he was um, in the car with a friend and he was like, oh my gosh, he's, I've seen her. He's like, she works, he's, she works at Gold's Gym. I've seen her going in there and he's like, I really want to meet her. And so the guy he was with told him, he's like, well, that's Maggie's best friend. And so, Matthew lived next door to Jason and he was like, take me to Matthew now. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to meet her. 
Yes. So uh, the rest is history, but that's what I've told him all along. I was like, had I not been in a Mustang, you would have never, I never been interested. I love it. I love it. That's a sweet story right here at Valentine's too. I mean, you know, love stories are not, not so much anymore. You love to hear the ones that, especially being 16, you know, right, and, yeah. and how long do you guys date before you decided to get married? We dated for five years. Wow. Um, I was going, I w- it was, our first date was actually May 20th, 1995. Um, so just, um, it was the last month of my junior year okay. in high school. He had graduated, he graduated in 93. So, um, he was 19. Yeah, he was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you yeah, we dated my whole senior year and then, uh, which he had told me about three months into dating that. You know, he was like, okay, you're the girl I'm going to marry. Oh, <laughs> he knew. Yeah. He, he, he knew. knew. And, um, but yeah, I mean, we just, you know, we had a great relationship. Um, he proposed to me, it was December of 96. I graduated the next year in 96. So mm-hmm. he proposed December of 96. Mm. Um, I graduated from hygiene school from the um, Medical College of Georgia mm-hmm. in 99. So I worked for a year, and it just so happened that um, May 20th of 2000 fell on a Saturday. So we actually got married on our five-year anniversary. Oh, that's precious. Yes, of our first date. That's awesome. That's good. So you can celebrate both in one day. (laughs) Yes, and we can't forget either of them. Right, right. We know them both. Yes. Um, So did you have a home right away to go into, or where did y'all live to start out? um, we lived off Preacher Smith Road in some apartments mm-hmm. um, for about, let's say, he lived in them. He moved into them about six months before we got married. To get established, yeah. Yes. And so then I moved in after we got married in May, and we bought our first house in August of that same year. Wow, I, that's I didn't good. Do very, yeah, I didn't do very well in an apartment. I yeah, had always been in a home. In a, and, it been in a home, and I was just like I felt like I was on vacation. I was like, we've got to find something. Yeah, it didn't, feel, it didn't feel permanent. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And so, how how soon? But when you started having children? Okay, so let's see. We Kate was born in March of two thousand mm-hmm. um, and two, and I laugh about that story too because when Jason and I started talking about having kids, you know, I was like, let's you know. Let's start a family. Let's start. And he was like, well, are we ready? And so finally he told me one day, he says, I tell you what. He says, you let me build a detached garage. I'll let you have a baby. Oh, my goodness. I, like, I love it. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> they got to have their garages, do don't they? They got to yes. have their garages. They mine was, mine was if, if I can build the garage, you can have an in-ground pool. Because <laughs> we were past See, the baby stage thing. So there you go. that wasn't going to happen. Well, yeah. So I laugh now because it's like we have our three kids and he still doesn't have his detached garage. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny he didn't so, get it oh gosh you need to get him his garage he, he <laughs> he's earned it garage. he's we're, earned he it def- he has definitely earned it I'm yes he has oh my I goodness you three kids where's my garage exactly we'll oh poor fella <laughs> so um so you finished school and you're working as a hygienist is that right am I saying that yes, right? yes okay. I'm a pediatric dental hygienist oh awesome and then so, and what does your husband do he is a um sales supervisor for coke um, in rome so um, he's worked in the like beverage sales Mm -hmm. industry Mm -hmm. um 
since he was 19. So, so he's, he's been at several, time. yeah, he's been at several different um, distributors. Um, he started out with Simpson Grocery, which was a Budweiser distributor. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Mayfield and now he's with Coke. So, so as you were growing your family, um, were you involved in church or was Jesus a part of your guys' lives at that time? Ab- absolutely. absolutely. Um, I've been in church, you know, since I was born. Um, and I can remember, you know, growing up, you know, my parents, I, I would have friends and stuff that, you know, if they were out late, like prom or whatever, and, you know, on, sat- on Sunday morning, they weren't at church. And I'm like, just let me sleep in. They're like, nope, it was nope, your, you, you know, got to get up. Your, yeah. <laughs> your decision to stay out late. Exactly. You're going to church. You know, mm-hmm. you live in this house, we go to church. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've been in church my whole life. I'm, we're at Point Hill. That's um, it's where I've been my whole life. Been there for, um, and Jason started at Point Hill um, when we started dating. So he's it's been there. It's become a for, part of his life too. Yes. Yes. So, and then your um, children. And yes, our kids have have grown up in church they've um basically we've been there when the doors are open um you know god has always been a big part of our life um mm. or we felt like he was but you know through the series of events and everything that's going on we mm-hmm. realized he was there but you know we kind of yeah. had him in the in the in passenger a, in the seat and, yeah yeah or, we do yeah even sometimes. the back seat and yeah, when life is going great, mm-hmm. it's okay. Thank you. Now we're mm-hmm. going to do our thing, and yep, we're going to go to church on Sunday and Wednesday, and then you know, yeah, and then one do our thing for the rest turn. of the week. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It and changes you know, when, everything. And when you have kids, you know, you look at other situations and things people are going through, and it's like, well, my stars. If that was my kid, this is what I would do. They yeah. wouldn't be doing that. I'd take yep. their car. I'd do this. I'd do that. And you know, you know exactly what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're going wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you have kids, and that all you know, changes, they try doesn't their stupid it? Stuff, and it's like, oh, well, how do I fix this? Right. You know, um, right. Cade had been struggling for a while before his accident. Um, he, <clears throat> since he was two years old, I'm telling you, I mean, when you you could just tell God had there was a calling mm-hmm. on his life. Mm-hmm. That child, he was so spiritual. Mm. At two, three years old, he could outpray a grown man. I mean, wow. he was just. I can remember. He started out at Unity Christian School and his pre-K teacher being like, oh my gosh, this child, he has just... He's gifted. Yeah. He's gifted. He loves Jesus. He, you know, he's... And um, and he did for so long. And then, you know, high school and everything started mm-hmm. and he just, he just made an abrupt turn and um, was running so hard and so fast. That, Again, away. Yes. And, um, and we would tell him and he was like, you know, he didn't want to... He didn't want to go to church. He would, he would take, you know, shifts just so he didn't have to be there. And, oh my goodness. And, you know, and, and he would tell us, he would be like, you know, everybody at church is judging me. Everybody, you know, nobody, you know, nobody likes me there. They don't want me there. Everybody's judging me. And, mm. and I would try to explain to him like, Hey, no, that's not the case. It's you. This yeah. is you. It's your conviction. You're the one that's running. You're the one mm-hmm. that's going out and drinking on the weekends. Mm-hmm. You're the one doing this stuff that you know, without a shadow of a doubt. It's not a part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you are being convicted. You are the one that feels like you belong, don't belong. Everybody there loves you, and they want you back where you should be. And he just, you know, he wasn't having it. He, he didn't he believe running. it. Um, he kept running. Um, I think when we're in the midst of our sins, we blame everybody else. 
we're not going to see what we're doing. Um, we're not doing anything wrong. What do you mean? This is, you know, this is what I do he's, right now. He's doing what everybody else does. Exactly. He's having fun with his friends. Fun. He's not yeah. hurting anybody. Yeah. Um, you know, and and his thing, you know, and he would come to us and it's like, how, how do we know that the God we serve is real? Because I have friends who, you know, believe this, that, and the other, and that's how they were mm-hmm. raised. And they believe it as strongly as y'all believe this. So mm-hmm. how do we know? How do we know which one's real? Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. like, well. I have one questioning that now, and I'm like, you have to get in his word. And you yeah, have to read, because he's the only one that's going to tell you and show you how real he right. is. And it's hard when, when you're running and you don't want to believe it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, he didn't want to read. He didn't want to get in his word. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to go to church so that he could be proved that, oh, yes, this is, you know, this is God. Legit. His mind was cloudy. <laughs> yes, you know, absolutely. And, um, and, you know, the way we believed what he was doing, he couldn't do. So yeah. why would he want to try that? That made a lot of tension uh, in the home, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, it did. I, you know, there was a lot of conflict be- between all of us because mm-hmm. this isn't what we were doing. Um, we knew he was sneaking out at night, mm-hmm. you know, and we would. Yeah, and I, I told you, I told him 15 million times how that Cade, if I don't know where you're going to be dead in a ditch somewhere and, yeah. and you're not going to know. He's like, Mom, I'm fine. Nothing happened. I'm like, no, nothing happened this time. Yet. And yeah. it was over and over and over it's like yeah nothing happened this time nothing happened this time and and he'll look at you right now he's like and nothing did happen until it did right and when it did it happened big and it rocked all of our worlds and when did that Um, when was that call tell me take me back to that moment when the phone rang so that was january 24th of 2021 um i had I guess January 23rd, because it was, it was three o'clock in the morning. Mm. Um, so I had, Jason and I had come upstairs. Cade was on the PlayStation with doing a little PlayStation game with, um, several of his friends. Mm-hmm. They were all, you know, online. Mm-hmm. And so I came up here and, you know, told him and his brothers, good night. We love you. And Jason and I went on to bed. Um, so my phone rang at like three o'clock in the morning and I looked over and I was like, who on earth is calling me at three o'clock in the morning? And I kind of moved the phone over and I was like, wait a minute, that's a Cedar Tail number. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so, and I was like, and it's three o'clock in the morning. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have a clue why anybody's calling me because everybody's yeah, at home in bed. Everybody's in bed. Yeah. So I answered the phone and, and, um, it was like Miss April. Um, I was like, yeah, and like, this is, uh, this is Dayton, and he said, uh, have you heard about Cade yet? And I about threw my phone across the room because mm-hmm. I've had people calling me for, you know, yeah. months and months and months. Do you know what Cade's doing? Do you know what Cade's right, doing? Right. And just as I was about to let whoever this was on the phone yeah. know, I know what Cade's doing. We are working with it. We, you know, we're, we're trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Why are you calling me at 3 o'clock in the morning to tell me this? Mm-hmm. This could wait till Yeah, wait till o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said, Cade's been in an accident and he's critical. Mm. And I was like, excuse me, what? And I jumped up out of bed and Jason jumped up on the other side because I guess he, he could see <laughs> as quickly yeah. as I got up. Um, and I just looked at Jason and I said, see if his Jeep's outside. So Jason took off outside and came back around the corner. He said, no, it's gone. Mm. And I was like, and right as I was fixing to ask him what he was talking about, Boyd Hospital started started calling you so i told this little guy on the phone i was like 
you hold on, my other line's ringing, don't you hang up. Yeah. And so I clicked over, and it was Floyd asking, you know, are you Kate's mother? And I was like, you know, or Aaron at this time. Yeah. You know, yes, this this is she, and he's, she's, we've got him at the hospital. We need you to get here fast, mm. but don't speed. Mm. And I'm like, seriously, fast, but don't speed. Yeah, How do right. you figure this We're out? We're going to go so fast that we don't even know what happened. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So at this time, you know, I'm running out to the car as I, well, I ran upstairs to, to tell his brothers we're leaving. Um, and I'm calling my parents because again, they're right up the hill to right. say, you know, I was like, Kate's been in an accident. We don't know what's going on. We don't, all they've told us is get to there. get there fast. Mm-hmm. I was like, and Kaylee, I said, and we know he's critical. That's all we know. Mm. Um, so I, told Caleb woke up so I told him and you know so I told my parents I was like I'm leaving the boys at home because you know we're in the middle of COVID and nobody can go in anywhere we we don't even know what they're going to let us do once we get there um so I like I said I called my parents and and we took off um and I swear I've told people um Jason had to change clothes I went in my pajamas and I was like I was you know, ranting and raving because mm-hmm. he was taking so long. Right, right. Don't to get, get dressed. Ready. Let's and just I was go. Like, yeah. Why do you need to get dressed? Yeah. I'm going in my pajama. You know, just grab your stuff. And I was so mad because I swear I was like, I swear it took him 20 minutes to get dressed. That's what it felt like. I'm sure it did. Yeah. But from the time my phone rang till we got in back to the hospital to see Cade, it hit him in 31 minutes. So apparently it didn't take him didn't that long to get dressed. Long, no. <laughs> yeah, because oh. it's, a, it's a 20-minute drive from here to Floyd Hospital. So oh. okay, apparently it, it didn't take long, and mm. that was from the friend's phone call mm-hmm. till we got back. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got to the hospital, Jason just dropped me off at the door and went to park. Um, and, you know, to just get back to him. So yeah, yeah. I took off to get to Cade and um you know when I walked into the room um you know that he looked at me and he just said mom I'm sorry and so I'm Mm. just like Mm. you know my heart it just I was like he's alive he's okay he's talking to you you. yeah yeah and then his next sentence brought me to my knees Mm. and it was I can't move Mm. Mm. he knew it yeah, he did. Um, and I still have flashbacks to the end. There's been times I've had to pull my car over driving down the road. When he, when he said those words to you. Because of those words. Mm. And I think a lot of times it's because I couldn't drop to my knees. You know, I just looked at him and I was like, what do you mean you can't move? Mm-hmm. He said, I can't move. I said, your legs? And he says, nothing. Mm. And, uh, so I looked at the nurses behind him, and I was like, "What? Why can't he move?" And so that's when they went to explain to me, you know, he's he's broke his neck. Um, Doctor Cowan was waiting for y'all to get here to take him into surgery. Mm. Um, so Doctor Cowan was in the OR waiting on him. And uh, so about that time, Jason came in behind us, and so they let us both back. Um, but I was sitting there asking the nurses all these questions. I was like, well, yeah. who was he with? Where was he at? You know, yeah. I'm just, you know, who was driving? And one of the nurses, I can her looking at it. She's like, man, he can answer all your questions. We mm. can't answer any of them because mm. they couldn't tell us anything because of HIPAA. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, he's talking to me. Right, right. But you so, wanted it instantly. And, I, you know, I understand right, that. Right, right. Yeah. 
so you know he was able to tell me that he wasn't driving that you know who he was with um and then of course i found out that one of the friends was our next door neighbor and you know our preacher of 42 years you know grandson mm. um you know so a very close friend and you know i'm looking at the nurses saying how is he and and they would just shake their heads no mm. and um turns out you know turns out he was actually had had a severe head injury and was in a coma at the time and they were waiting for him to be life lighted mm. um but then Cade was actually taken into surgery the accident happened around two o'clock in the morning and he was in surgery by three forty-five, which was a miracle, a miracle. In itself for him yeah. to have been from injury to surgery that quickly mm-hmm. um it typically just doesn't you know happen that quick um, not usually so and since then i've been t- i've talked to the anesthesiologist i've you know heard from him since then and he said you know the first that that cade had looked at him and and asked him um you know he says will i ever walk again and you know he told him he's like son he said i don't know he Mm-mm. said dr Cowan's gonna do what he can do and and we'll go from there and his next question to him was am i gonna live mm. and um and the anesthesia you know he looked at him and he said son he says i'm gonna do my part the rest is up to god mm. Mm. and he told um a couple of my friends that he works in surgery with he says you know those are the words he says those words haunt me he said um he he changed my life he said i've he said there's you know cases that that you work and stuff and you know that you'll never forget right he says, he's right and he's one of one those of them. he says i'll he's i'll never forget you know his looking him the in the eyes in his yeah. eyes before he went to sleep he said but that was he says i don't know you know that's going to be up to god he said and i i put him to sleep he said i didn't give him quite you know a chance for another question right right he didn't want to have to not answer right <laughs> yes, he oh was, gosh yeah, he was done he was that's done amazing how done. how in tune he was i mean yeah that, that just blows my mind that he was it, so it there was, and it was um i think it i think god knew mm. he knows what you need and what you can handle and he right. knew that we needed him to be that alert at that time i think right um, where you could hear his voice Mm-hmm. Right. Dr. Cowan, you know, after he did the surgery, you know, he came out and told us, he was like, you know, everything went well, we've got everything fixed, we're taking him up to the ICU, and um, he said, you know, we're going to go from there. He says there could, you know, the swelling could go up high enough that he has to go back on the ventilator, but right now he's breathing on his own. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, okay, well, this is great. Well, how long do you think he'll be in ICU? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, two, yeah. you know, yeah. what, you know when, when do we get started on therapy is, you know. And he says, well, he said, we're going to play it by ear. We'll see how it goes. He said, and we're going to work on getting him into a rehab hospital. Mm. Um, but so Jason and I went up. It was right at 7 o'clock when we, in the morning when we got up to the ICU to Cade. And he was awake. He was talking to us. And I remember I looked at the nurse. And I didn't realize this until a little bit later. But my parents didn't stay at home with Caleb and Kaysen. They were in the parking lot of Floyd oh, Hospital my goodness. and had been there since we had been. They oh, apparently goodness. held us in. Um, so I told me, I was like, my parents have been out in the hospital, out in the parking lot since 3.30 this morning. I was like, is there any way that they could just stick their heads in here, 
just to say hello, just mm-hmm. just to see him, just so they can see that he's, you know, Is that he's okay. To, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the nurse looked at me and she said, I tell you what, she said, anybody that you want to see him that needs to see him, get him here now. Mm. And in my brain and where my brain was allowing me to go was, oh, well, how nice, but, you know, while she's here at shift change, they're going to let them in real quick to see him. Right. As my parents came in, somebody had said something, you know, I called them, I said, they said, you can come in. Well, they said, as they walked by, somebody was fixing to stop them. And the other person who was standing there working said, no, let them go by. This may be their last chance. Mm. Mm. And so since then, also, you know, we have talked to several, you know, nurses and staff and stuff that was at the hospital. And Mm -hmm. we have found out since then that they honestly didn't expect him to make it to ever leave. Mm. Um, which, you know, t- so that morning, you know, all of his grandparents got to come in and see him and his, my sister and Jason's sister were, were able to come in and see him. And then the, the staff at Floyd just, they looked at me and Jason said, you know, he's 18 years old. We know technically he's an adult, but he's your child. He's your baby. Keep this door closed. Stay right here. You can both stay. Out. So they let us both stay oh, in the ICU with him that's great. around the clock. Mm. Um, that just was a because blessing. They knew it was because we needed each other and mm-hmm. he needed us. Yeah, we, and, you didn't need to be separated at that time trying to deal with such a, a heavy burden. I mean, right? oh, that would have been right. so hard. So it was, I mean, he, he did fairly well for a couple of days. Um, the... The accident, like I said, was early Sunday morning. And then on Tuesday, I noticed him really starting to struggle while he was breathing. He Mm. was retracting. He was just having a real hard time. Um, And then Wednesday morning, he went in to respiratory failure and had to be put on a ventilator. Oh, goodness. Um, And it was just due to the swelling because it had gone up because his injury is at C4, C5. And C3, C4 is your respiratory. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So when the swelling hit that, was it just when started his, blocking everything. Yes. Mm. So then he couldn't breathe. Mm. Um, but during this time, from the Monday to Sunday, or Monday to Wednesday, we already had him, which was our one of our many other miracles that had, you know, taken place. But, um, we had him a room at Shepherd's already. Already, that's that's that is huge. Yeah. They <laughs> that and that's huge. what they said. Mm. You know, typically it's you You're know waiting, yeah, at least a month waiting period mm-hmm. to to get a room. And his accident was on Sunday, and they transported him to Shepherd's on Friday. Wow. Okay, so, so that he could we, go there before he was completely. Yes. So he went to the ICU mm-hmm. at Shepherd's. Okay. But yeah, he he went to and that was the whole time like from the time they brought him in Jason and I had been asking you know our nurses and stuff like that does anybody know can somebody get us in touch with the EMS team that worked with Cade I was Mm -hmm. I would just you know love to thank them for Mm -hmm. getting them here for Mm -hmm. you know for saving his life because if it hadn't been for them he wouldn't be here nobody knew nobody and I was like it's got to be somewhere I'm just asking the Right, right people right So on Friday morning, when the EMS 
team came in to transport Cade, um, I asked the gentleman that came in, he and the, the lady, I said, I said, maybe y'all can help us. I said, do y'all have any idea who it was that transported Cade here on Sunday morning? I said, we would, you know, I said, we just want to shake their hands. We want to hug their necks. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we want to tell them thank you because I said, but nobody can tell us who it was. And um, Chris, the gentleman, he looked at me. He said, baby, he said, do you not know? And I said, do I not know what? And he says, it was us. Aww. He said, and when we found out he was being transported, we requested to, to do the transport because we had brought him in. Mm. That gives so, me chills. Um, <laughs> well, and everybody in that room was teared up and mm-hmm. like the nurses were like, oh my gosh, I have chills all over my body. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, so it was them. So we got to speak with them and, and thank them. Um, and then they transported him to, to Shepherds that day. And after they left with him, you know, Jason took me home to start getting, um, getting things ready to get all mine and Kate's stuff ready mm. for the thing, because we knew to take him there, you know, our biggest, I guess the hardest thing about him going there was we knew once I walked in the doors at Shepherd's Spinal Center. I couldn't leave and mm. nobody else could come in. Oh, wow. And so Jason couldn't come. You know, nobody could come except for they had what they called us the secret garden. Mm-hmm. And it had like eight foot right on fence around it. And mm-hmm. there was like a six foot natural area with shrub and stuff between, between it. Yeah. So, you know, they could come to that fence, but that was as close as you could get. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know how, you know, long. how long it would be Mm-mm. before he would be well enough to even go out to the fence to see him. Mm-hmm. But um, so that uh, Jason and my parents took me to Shepherd's that Friday. Um, and then, you know, I told them bye. They left. And I was like, I've never been on my own before. I've never, yeah. you know, I went yeah, you're from my house to yeah. Jason's house. Yeah. and. And I'm like, and here I'm going into an ICU where, I mean, Cade's on a ventilator. He's sedated. Too much I'm time. I'm alone to because think. he yeah. can't talk to me. He can't, you know, it's just me. And I have to be the grown-up. And mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. You uh, don't have anyone telling you what to do or helping you with decisions. I mean, exactly. I know you could call and you could talk through it. But still, I mean, right. when you're there in that moment, sometimes you got to make decisions right then and there, you know. Yes, and oh. that was, and it started the second I walked in his ICU room because I had a doctor meet me with a pad in his hand and said, I need your signature. We've got to put a chest tube in now. And oh I was my. like, whoa, excuse me, what, back up, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. So, we had, so he got that, he had had about 104 camp for two days mm. that I had been told, you know, that that was just ICU part of the process. They said, well, he's has a spinal cord injury he can't regulate his body temperature this is just part of it and I'm mm-hmm. like, but 104 temp this is something's off something's off something's wrong can y'all check his urine can y'all you know chest x-ray can mm-hmm. we do something so when i walked in he had a collapsed lung a pneumothorax and mm-hmm. pneumonia mm-hmm. Um, when they checked him when he got to shepherds wow so they said if we don't get a chest tube in right now he won't make it and mm-hmm. i was like where do I sign and how many places do I, you yeah, know, let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. Um, so, so they got that and, um, and they were just amazed because, I mean, he was on enough sedative medicines to kill a horse. Oh gosh. And he was breaking through them. They no couldn't keep way. him sedated. 
um, he might would he would go out for just a couple minutes, but then be right um, back. He would be right back. It took them well. It wasn't until he got out of ICU. Um, it was, I think, February fourth. I actually had a time hop come up the other day on my mm-hmm. on my feed. Mm-hmm. February fourth, he slept from ten to four, and that was the first time he had it slept. actually slept. Yeah, since his accident. Wow. So it was. We went about three weeks um, with neither one of us sleeping because he wouldn't sleep and he wanted me sitting. He wouldn't even let me lay down. I had to be sitting in a chair by his bed. Right at him. You know, mm-hmm. right at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can remember one day him looking at me and um, mouthing because at this point he couldn't speak because right. of uh, the trach. Um, but they, I remember him looking at me and saying, Mama, will you hold my hand? And I just looked at him and said, Baby, I am. Mm. And, you know, he had no clue, you know, that, that I was holding his hand. He couldn't feel it. And it was right. like, oh, my gosh. Um. But it was like, and he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I yeah. would have to show him, you know, here I am, I'm holding it. It's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so much for him to think and take in. I mean, you right. know, all and those sensations that he's not able to feel. And he was so anxious. And I remember, you know, Jason would be like, well, doesn't, you know, God's right there. Doesn't he know, you know, he's there. He's going to help him through. And I was like, well, honey, you can say that all you want to, but. He can't breathe out and on, and he can't move. I was like, so if it was just one or the other, if like he just couldn't move, but he could breathe, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be as bad. Or, you know, he was on a ventilator, but he could move and, you know, get your attention. It wouldn't be as bad, but, but he has nothing. He can't move or breathe. Yeah, yeah. So I can only imagine mm. how anxious. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. anxious over little things, so I can imagine that would be right. freaking me out. I mean, I wouldn't know. You know, you just, you don't know. You're trying to figure it out. But yet you have, like you said, no feeling. And then he's got all that in his mouth and on him and he can't express what he's needing to say. That had to be right. very difficult. Now, how long was he in Shepherd? So he was in Shepherd's. We got there on, what, I get January 29th. And then we left on April the 8th. Wow. That's a lot so of months. Went- it is. Um, and I remember when we, he left ICU to his, um, he went up to the fifth floor in ICU. And I can remember still to this day, his, the first nurse we met, um, his name was Elliot, awesome, mm-hmm. big football, big man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had been in the police force, he'd been in the military. And so, you know, and then the, um, and now a nurse. And like I said, he was just big. Man, and he told Cade, he said, all right, Cade, he said, I want you to see, I want you, I want to see you move your toe. Mm-hmm. And Cade just kind of looked at him and he mouthed that he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And Elliot looked at him. He was like, excuse me, son, did I ask you if you could move your toe? Mm-hmm. So I didn't ask you if you could move your toe. And this is the last time you'll tell me you can't do anything. Wow. When I ask you to do something, <laughs> you'll do it. Mm-hmm. He said, because sometimes, he said, with your injury, he said, you may not know you can move your toe. You may be moving it everywhere and have mm-hmm. no clue it's and not knowing you that you're doing it, it. And not feel it. Right. He said, "So when I ask you to do something, your job's to do it. I'll tell you if it worked or not." Mm. Mm. He put him in his place right then and there. <laughs> he did, and from that second on, I was like, "This man and I are going to get along." Mm-hmm. This, I like him. He's, he set the standards. Yes. Um, and if Cade ever got, you know, overly anxious or you know got down or whatever, mm-hmm. he would get right in his face and let him know 
nope, this isn't what you're doing. This is, I'll tell you what you're doing. This is mm. how we're going to do it. Mm. Mm. I, got, I, I, I feel sure that all that, all the people that you're surrounded by became like family. I mean, they really, really were, um, you know, there was, and I mean, I would like to say, you know, this was a favorite, this what, but I mean, it's no. not, they were all our favorites. Right. It was, right. Each piece had an important part. <laughs> they did. And each mm-hmm. person ministered to our needs in a different way. You mm-hmm. know, there were some that would, um, we had one of the CNAs that would come in. Her name was Tiffany. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, she would spoil Cade to death as if, you know, he wasn't Aww. enough already. But she mm-hmm. would come in, she'd get him his bath, and she would give him a massage, and she would just love all over him. Um, you know, then he had mm-hmm. some that would be like, you know, nope, you're getting up, you're doing it, you know. Right, just, right, right. It just, but yeah. So he, he got a piece had, of every little bit that he needed at the time. He did, mm-hmm. yes. He, there was some that would, you know, sit at night and hold his hand all night long and not move. And there were some that were like, nope, you're going to sleep, your mom's going to sleep, and you're going to do this. You right. Know, it just, um, what we needed when we needed it. And what did always. it, what did it feel like, um, the day that they said, okay, can go home? That was the absolute scariest moment I think I've ever had. We And we had the date. They had put the date up probably the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. With April 8th was his going to be his go-home date. So mm-hmm. we had it on there, and we knew. But he and I both cried. We cried to the doctors. We cried to the nurses. We're like, no, there's no way. We can't do this. Right, and, right. You know, when we were leaving to go home, it was just like, oh, y'all, sure. I just, this no, it feels no, weird. We, it feels wrong. Well, and I mean, and I could, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do this. Like, yeah, you've done it for three months. You've done it here, but you've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, yeah, but I had y'all. Right. Oh, you were just right around <laughs> the corner. I just had to yeah, holler, just, or push a button. <laughs> yeah, you were just around the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there was alarms going off. If he quit breathing and I was having to bag him, I knew that somebody else was going to be in there about two point two seconds to take over, and y'all were going to bag him for me, and I could mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. You know, there was always somebody right here and, and y'all weren't going to be right there when I go home it's going to be all me and mm-hmm. I can't do that and, and he was scared to go home too but it was exciting at the same time because right. get to be back with you know, family and and right. some type we, of normalcy if you could yes. call it that <laughs> um and I think he had a like in his mind we were going to come home and you know friends were going to come over and they were going to do all this stuff and you know we got home and his friends had jobs in school mm, and mm. lives, and he was paralyzed, mm. and he couldn't move. And um, he hit rock bottom probably about two weeks after we got home. Mm. He screamed, he cried, he fussed, he cussed, he, you know. It's and I thought he'd been I just, holding in. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, and so I, I left him sitting there and I went to the bedroom, closed the door and did the same. I was like, I yeah. can't do this, God. I don't yeah. know, you know. What am I supposed um, to do here? <laughs> yeah, how I, I can't deal with that. He's sitting here saying, he don't want to live. He's sitting here saying, get something now. He's mm. sitting you know, mm. where do we go from here? How do we do this? Mm. We we can't. Um, did you have to I, change all the dynamics of your home to get him in there and? Not yeah. all we did. We had to redo our bathroom because mm-hmm. uh, we we didn't have a bathroom that he could get into. You know, mm-hmm. of course, we had to have a ramp built. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had um, 
Long Construction came out and did an amazing job getting any doors that he had to get through, you know, getting ramps, getting doors widened, and getting yeah. a bathroom done that he could you can get take into. Him in. and, yeah, yeah. It, it was about three months before he actually, you know, once we got home, it's about two and a half, three months before he was actually able to get a shower. But right, right. But he was finally able to, and um, and that's been amazing. Mm, but definitely. um, but yeah, I can remember, you know, Cade coming one day once he. He just, he flipped the switch. It was just like, you know, he went from, you know, this is not a life I want to live and I don't want to live it Mm -hmm. to, you know what? I can sit here and I can be depressed and I can mope and I can say life's not worth living or I can work to get better Mm -hmm. and I can live the life that God's intended and get better you know he's me laying around feeling sorry for myself isn't, isn't gonna be changing anything. anything right right and um but yeah and you know he said i was you know running so hard and so fast from god he had to sit me down and shut me up mm. to get me to listen mm. and that's exactly what he's done you know and he said so i'm i'm ready to listen yeah um, that's something that is something that's got to be deep for all of yeah. you because now you're going through all the rehab. You're, yes. I know that keeps you quite busy. How often during the week do you have to go out and do all that? So he does physical therapy two to three times a week mm-hmm. for an hour each visit. And then he does occupational therapy twice a week for an hour each visit. So so pretty much every um, day. <laughs> what we do, um, it's three days a week. Oh, okay. He's occupational and physical therapy on same days. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. so yeah. So we yeah. just have to go out for that two to three days a week. Um, and he has an amazing occupational therapist and a physical therapist. They're both phenomenal. Awesome. Um, and his physical therapist is actually like, he's taken him to concerts. He's taken him to ball games. Aww. You know, he'll, uh, does stuff out of the house too, just to get him to get out him out and and let envir- um, another environment. Yeah, right, right. He's planning on taking him out. You know, on his, his birthday's in March, and he's gonna. Um, Kate's a huge anime Japanese. Yes, yes. Stuff and mm-hmm. so um, he's taken him to Atlanta to do some kind of. They're gonna eat at like three Japanese restaurants. Oh, how cool! Of, That'll be fun. Do all kinds of yeah. When, when is his birthday in March? March 27th. Okay, mine's the second. <laughs> That's neat. Well, I, I know that this has been a journey for your family. Now, a little bit more real quick, and um, I was going to ask, how have the the brothers, how have they done? How have, how has that all meshed together in um, bringing Kate home, and now everything has changed? And, of course, I know you have had to put a lot more attention towards him. Um, how have they done with all that? So... They have been absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, they both held a little bit of guilt. Kason especially. He has dealt a whole lot more, you know, as far as emotionally. Caleb holds stuff in. So mm-hmm. if he's having a hard time, he doesn't really tell us. Mm. Um, but Caleb and Kason both knew that he was leaving that night. Okay. So they he just had felt told guilty. Them. Mm. So they felt guilty because they knew. Mm. And if they had told us, you know, would it have changed? And it's like, you know, no, probably, probably not. not. No, probably not. Yeah. He's going to um, go eventually. He was, he, he did it anyway. So, 
Right, mm-hmm. right. And it's like, if y'all had told us, if we tried to stop them, you know, who go. knows what, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no telling what would have happened. Um, so, but they, I mean, from day one, they, we got home and they jumped in and was like, how can we help? What can we do? Oh, that's precious. Teach us the transfers, teach mm-hmm. us the, so they are like my number one go-tos. If I, if I need yeah. to go out and do something, yeah. you know, they are amazing. They can do anything he needs done um they typically they don't do the shower but i mean that's basically all they don't do is mm. showers they know how to do everything else and they that's just a blessing. you know if if Cade needs it they're right there and actually the first yeah probably six months to a year that Cade was home one of them slept with him every night oh just so to when we, keep him yeah when he was in his hospital bed they pulled up a blow-up mattress, and one of them would sleep. At first, both of them did, and then they got to where, okay, they, they took turns so mm-hmm. that one of them could sleep in their bed and sleep a little bit Yeah, sleep on better. Know, longer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for the first year he was home, one of them slept with him mm. every single night just because he was kind of worried to be by himself, and right. they didn't want him to be by himself. They didn't want him to be, and they knew you needed some rest. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, and I mean, they not complained the first time you know if Kate needs something if he if he needs to be fed they're up fixing it you know getting it they're just um, and his friends have been amazing too there's Aww. you know I'll come in and there's been times where you know I'll go to fix him something and you know he'll have a friend that no April my April you go sit down you need to rest I'll feed him I got Aww. this you know so um, <laughs> that's so good that's so good I'm glad he's got that community around him and of course church I see that he's back in church and he's going and um being faithful with that again and that's so good um yes and he's told me you know since then you know he's like how on earth did I ever think these people didn't love me you know he because said he was they, in his sin he couldn't see yes. it right yeah and that's right. why it's like you couldn't see it you couldn't see you're the blinded by the anger the truth. yeah trying yeah. to find was, improve something you know yeah yeah it's like the enemy was Hard had you where he wanted you mm-hmm. and he wasn't going to let you get you know Away any closer mm. um and that's why we've had oh after kate had been home for just a few months we were out to eat with him one night mm-hmm. and, um at the steakhouse in rockmart mm-hmm and Jason took Cade, Jason and Caleb and Cason took Cade to the car, and I went to pay. And I had a gentleman, he walked up to me, he was like, excuse me, ma'am. He said, but are you here with your family? And I was like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what? And he says, well, he says, I just, I'm really nervous. I've never done this before. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Oh, you've never done what? And he says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's your son is that your son in the wheelchair that that was here with you mm. yes that's my son he said okay then you're who I need to talk to he said God wouldn't let me take a bite of my food until I came over here to tell you that he is a God of impossibilities that it doesn't matter what any doctor nurse therapist anybody has told you him and regarding his situation he said he is a God of God of possibilities mm. he is a God of miracles and he wants you to remember this moment when your son walks out of that chair, he's not staying there. Mm. I got tears in and, my eyes. I mean, that yeah. is just like, oh, and chills. Mm. Yeah. And it was just like, I'm sorry, who who did you say you were? And yeah. I mean, this man had no clue no who clue. we were. Yeah. And, and you he didn't, didn't know. know yeah, and he had no clue if Kate had, I mean, 
he could have been born mm-hmm. that way. He mm-hmm. didn't know that it was an accident. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a clue what had happened. All he knew was, hey, God said this and go tell her. Mm. Um, wow. And I feel like we've had, I mean, we've had so many instances happen. And I even, before the accident ever happened, before Kate ever even started going off on his tangents and, you know, being a teenager, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, my mama, my mom's mother, um, we knew that she was close to death. She was, you know, within days, mm-hmm. you know, they had told us, you know, a week tops. And, um, she had told them, she said, I need to talk to April. She said, I need to talk to April. Where's April? Mm. So they came and got me and, um, and she told me, and it was in, June of 2018 and his accident wasn't till January of 2021. Right. But she told me, she said, and like she had been in and out mm-hmm. and, you know, had told us about, you know, she'd seen angels and she'd seen this and she'd seen that. Mm-hmm. And we had asked her at one point, like, Mama, I'll come up, you know, just go on to Jesus. And mm-hmm. she said, I can't right. yet. It's not my turn. And we're like, what do you mean it's not your turn? Are you in line? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. What are you waiting What on? are you doing? Yeah. And she, told me she called me in there and she says baby she said I've just got a message for you and I was like well okay and she said this is going to be hard she said this is where it gets hard Mm. and she said Cage turned 16 she said you've handed him a set of keys and she said this is where parenting gets the best of you you know Mm -hmm. she said this is when they it doesn't matter what you've taught them this is when they get to make their own choices right she said, you just have to stay close to God. She says, keep praying. She said, because Kate's going to make his own choices. She said, he may choose to drink. He may choose drugs. He may choose, there's no telling, you know, what he can choose. Mm-hmm. And she said, but she said, God wants you to know he's going to be okay. That it's about to get hard. That he's going to be okay. Mm. Mm. And, Whew. You know, and, and he's was going through, he'd just had a breakup at the time. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and we were kind of worried about that because he was right. being so dramatic over the breakup. Right. And so I thought, well, okay, well, maybe he, she's talking That's about it. this. Yeah. And, yeah. Girlfriends, no big deal. Yes. And then he started drinking some. It's like, ah, oh, this is what she was talking about. Mm. This is what she was the talking about. The choices he's making. The choices he's making. And, and then after the accident, and I was, it just hit me one day. I was like, it, like, I was just late and it just came it, she flashed before in that conversation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I was like this, this is what you're talking this about this is what she was talking about this is this is what's going to be hard mm-hmm. but God told me three years before this accident ever happened that he's going to be okay he's going to be okay so mm. and beautiful. he has sent yeah and he sent multiple people that strangers I mean it just feels like when we get to our lowest when we're like, okay, God, you, you've told us that, that you're waiting to work a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've sent me, I mean, I've had, I've always, my mom has always dreamed and, um, had visions and mm-hmm. stuff that mm-hmm. typically comes to pass. Right. Um, and she has seen Cade walking with mm-hmm. braces. Mm-hmm. Um, while he was still in ICU, there was one night I had a dream that I came home from work and Cade was out in our front yard pushmelling the grass mm. and um when i pulled up he pushed the mower over to me and he let go and he ran to me it was a very awkward 
funny run, mm-hmm. but he ran to me, threw his arms around me, and he says, Mama, don't worry. God's got this. He's going to heal me. Mm. Um, and then, and like I said, then we've had, like I said, strangers, the stranger in Steakhouse. We were at Bonefish right. Grill in right. Chattanooga one time, and there was one of the waiters came up to Jason and said, can I ask you what happened to your son? And, um, and he said, I just, he said, when y'all came in, God told me, you've got to talk to them. He says, let them know. He says, I'm going to heal him. Mm. He's going to, he's, I've got big plans for him. He's, you know, he's not I've done got yet. Plans. That's I'm right. not done. And, yeah. um, and it just seems like when we get to our lowest low and we're sitting here going, God, have you forgot? Hey, right, God, we're still right, down here. right. And someone, hey, editor, <laughs> he comes in and reminds you he's still right, working. Like, he's still he's working. Still working. Mm-hmm. I'm not done. And, you know, I don't know what he's waiting on. Um, we can see huge changes in mm-hmm. Kate, you know, in his, his mindset, his thought process, his, you know, he's holding on to God. I, he asked me, we were actually still in the hospital one night, one day, and, and he asked me, he said, Mom, he said, do you really think God would have sent an 18-year-old boy to hell? Like, if I had died that night, do you think he would have sent me to hell? Mm. And I just looked at Kate and I said, absolutely not, Kate. I said, God sent his son to die for you. Right. And I can tell you right now, there is no way in the world I would ever allow you to die for anybody else. Mm. I said, there's no way. Right. I said, he sent his son to save you. Mm-hmm. If you had gone to hell, you would have sent yourself. Exactly. Amen. I love that. That was very well said. That is so good. And uh, and he was just, and, you know, he just looked at me and was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And he's, and um. You know, it's, it was decisions he was making. Mm-hmm. So if there was one thing that you could share with a family member that may be waking up to that call tomorrow morning, what would it be that you'd want to say to them? It's hard. It's, um, you know, I wish there was, such, you know, that I could say it's hard, but it's going to get easier. But, you know, basically some days are hard. Some days are harder. Mm-hmm. But you still live. And your faith. Your child is still going to live. Mm-hmm. And God is still there through it all. Lean on him you know, more. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was there with me from the start to the end. When, mm-hmm. You know, the weeks I was there in the hospital where all Kate could you know, do was lay there and be still. Right. Um, you know, God was the one that, that held me through it. He right. was the one... Um, I would pray. I would ask him questions. I'd be like, okay, well, what about this? What about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember one night, um, he, I'm thinking Cade was still on ICU, and I was praying. I was like, God, what's taking so long? What's, mm-hmm. I mean, this is two weeks into it, and I want right. to know what's taking right. so long. Right. Here we're two years, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I was like, God, what is taking so long? What is, you know, why? And I went to sleep, and I woke up singing Karen's Peck, four days late. I had not sang that song uh, or heard that song. I had not heard it in forever. Years, probably. Yeah. And I woke up in the middle of the night singing it verbally mm. out loud. Mm. That's something. And, uh, and I was like, okay. 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 I'm trusting you're, you. You're on time. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times that I would pray and I would wake up in the middle of the night singing the answer to my song. Um, mm. And it was song most of the time stuff that I had not heard um, in a long time. I know mm-hmm. my poppy, um, he died of lung cancer when the boys were, let's say, Kaysen was two, 
so uh, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. But his song was God Said You're Going to Make It. He would go to the house singing it Aww. all the time. I mean, it was, and so that was just kind of our family theme song. We'd right. see Poppy and we'd sing God, sing, God Said You're Going to Make It. Aww. And um, there was, I can't tell you how many times when Cade was laying in the bed or in his chair or whatever, mm-hmm. he like, mm-hmm. you know, God said you're going to make it, you know, sing it to me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we'd sing God said you're going to make it right there in the uh, the hospital room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what to give you in the time you need it. He does. He knows exactly what you need and it didn't matter. It, um, there was one night, I think it was, I think it was a custodian that came into the room and she took one look at Kate and was like, the spirit that is in this room is absolutely amazing. Mm. Tell me a little bit about yourself. She's mm. like, God's God's got something he's gonna do with you, kid. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, there's mm-hmm. something here. Yeah. He's uh, not done. No, definitely not done yet. I think that's the thing we have to learn is patience <laughs> and keeping our faith in him through the process. And, and again knowing that he's bringing you through this. April, I thank you for sharing your story today. I know that it's not been easy. It may not still be easy in days to come, you know, ups and downs. Like you said, there's hard and there's harder. <laughs> but yes. you have a family um, that loves you and that's with you in this. And you have a community, your church. And I just, I think that's so strong. Um, when you have that, you're able to bear things easier. Um, but I just want to thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time today to share your story. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining my podcast today. We all have a story to share. Each story has purpose and makes an impact to you, the listener, creating a journey with passion and purpose. The journey we're taking is the journey within you. Please share with others and subscribe below.